If you have your Bibles this morning, you need to turn to the Gospel of Matthew. The Gospel of Matthew, we're going to be in verse number 19. And we've just got two verses, but there's a whole lot in those two verses. Matthew chapter 19, we'll be looking at verses 13 and 14 this morning. Of course, we understand that Jesus has just been dealing with marriage and talking about marriage. And now we've come to this passage and now his attention is upon the children. And as he's talking, we see that the Bible tells us in verse number 13, it says it this way. Then were there brought unto him little children. So apparently, it's Jewish tradition, the parents would take their children to a rabbi for the rabbi to pray over them. It's much similar to when we do baby dedications. Now understand, they brought them to the master rabbi, the Lord Jesus. But we also see that they would take them to the synagogue. They would take them to church. And the elders there would put hands on them, lay hands upon them and pray over them. Well, this is what's taking place there. Children have been brought unto him uh, that he should put his hands on them. Now, To be honest, this week, that's exactly what I wanted to do with some of your children. (laughs) But not in the context that we see Jesus did it. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. To put his hands upon them. See, they brought them to Jesus because the parents understood that was their responsibility. See, this is a good place to just go ahead and camp out a little bit. We understand that we have children's programs and we should have children's programs. We have Awana. Thank God for that on Wednesday nights where they learn the Word of God and memorize the Word of God. They come to Sunday school. Sunday school teachers invest upon them and uh, I know many of our teachers pray over them and they prepare all week uh, so uh, they would be able to speak life into your children as they come. And, and, and then we should be doing that. Do not discount what I'm fixing to say here. That is our, some of our responsibility. But the ultimate responsibility of bringing your children to the Lord is yours. We're just here to help you. We're not here to take your job from you. Where we're at it, we understand, and we're going to see a little bit later on, that uh, they also educated their children. They taught them. Now, we have a school system, and we know that we can go ahead and we can rip into it and we can complain and we can do all kinds of things and rightfully so in many uh, situations. But our teachers are required more than what they signed up for. We've put everything on our teachers. 
We're trying to teach them how to do this. We're telling them you got to teach kids this, 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 that, and other. Listen, parents and adults, we have a responsibility to teach our children. Okay? Now, and we've lost sight of that. Another, I mean, our teachers are stressed. I talk to them, and you know, they, 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 uh, and, and I've been one of those. I'll just go ahead and be honest with you. I've been one of those and said, man, that's a, that's, a, that's a nice job. You get two weeks off in the fall and wait a week off in the spring and then get your summer, you know. And I thought, man, that's a pretty good uh, uh, deal right there. And then after I started uh, working a little bit more with children, I understood, hey, they need that time. <laughs> if nothing else, to get, you know, to, to go to rehab and all that. <laughs> get off the medication that they've been on. <laughs> And why is that? It's not, it's not the uh, teaching math and English like that. It's all the other stuff that we've thrown on them. Adults, I don't care if you have children or don't have. I, my children are grown. I have grandchildren. Now I'm to be investing in them. But uh, even if you don't, your grandchildren are all grown, we all, as adults, we all have a part to play in training and encouraging our children. Amen. So, he, they wanted him to pray over them. And then he says, then the disciples, they missed the whole boat. The disciples rebuked them. For some strange reason, they thought that Jesus was getting tired. He was getting weary. He'd been uh, with people all day that day. And they thought, uh, these children, you know, they're, 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 just, they're just, they're just, let's get, let's get rid of them, get rid of them. Well, listen to verse number 14. But Jesus said, don't you love it when you see that phrase, but Jesus said, that, that, that pretty much cancels everything. It doesn't pretty much. It all cancels out of what's been said. But Jesus said, but Jesus said, what did he say? He said, suffer the little children and forbid them not to come unto me. This morning, we're going to look at an invitation to the children. And in the invitations, last week we looked at the invitation to come and be cleansed. Here, Jesus is given another invitation. He says, let the children come to me. Then he gives the reason why. For, us, for of such is the kingdom of heaven. Boy, that's a good word right there. My dear friends, we need to be reminded, as I was reminded this week, that we can go ahead and we can fuss and we can complain and we can do all those things. But if you're not investing in a child, maybe you're just praying for a child. And we have a lot of children we need to be praying for. Here's what I found out this week. I had conversations with three Three children, not, not, of our, not in our group, three children just came up to me and started talking to me. One little boy started to say about, talking about nuclear warheads. This kid was like, he, he called himself a nerd. But uh, when he was talking about it, he was telling me, he said, you do understand how that operates, don't you?
And I'm, I'm saying, what do you mean? He says, oh, you know how that thing... Get, and he started describing to me about a nuclear warhead. The kid's like 10 years old. And I'm, I'm thinking, no, sir, I don't know. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm already intimidated by this little guy. And he says, well, the atoms, you know, you got to break these atoms. And he starts going into that. And I looked at him. I said, you're right. You are a nerd. <laughs> but then he started talking about his family. I said, buddy, do you, do you like a sport to play? Because he's talking about science. He's talking, and nothing wrong with that. But, you know, a 10-year-old, uh, you know, surely he likes, and he says, well, I, I, I kind of like baseball. I said, well, do you play on a baseball team or anything? He says, no. I said, well, what do you, why don't you play? And he says, because my dad never took the time to show me how to play ball. Dad's completely out of the picture now. And then he starts telling me about his mama. And from the, one of the leaders that brought him, I started talking about him. And I said, man, that dude is, he's crazy. I mean, he says, oh, yeah, he says, he's, he's pretty intelligent little fellow. But he says, I'm telling you, he, uh, he comes from a hellhole. His mother's an addict. An aunt is raising this child. And the reason why he was talking to me, and after I got his whole story, he wasn't as annoying as he was when I first met him. A 10-year-old boy knows a lot of things about nuclear warheads, but doesn't know how to swing a bat or to play baseball and has never had a daddy that spent time with him. We have them coming to our church as well. That's right. See, sometimes we lose sight that all of our children have stable households. All of our children do not have a stable household. And we can go ahead and we can say about their behavior, and I'm not saying that we just give them a pass on things, but here's our problem. Here's Mike's problem. Mike's problem has been that I've never spent time to listen to them and to hear their story. I just wanted to go ahead and rip into them. Church, we have a responsibility that we need to help our children come to know the Lord Jesus Christ and it takes every one of us to do it. Every one of us to do it. Jesus told them, He said, don't send the children away. And then He uses the children as an object lesson. As I was thinking about children, we do know that they are a blessing from God, right? Let me go ahead and repeat that. Some of you didn't catch that. Our children are a blessing from God. You still haven't got this. Our children are a blessing from God. The Bible tells us this way. It says in the 127th Psalm, verse number 3, it says, paraphrasing here, that children, speaking of children, they're a heritage of the Lord. And the fruit of the womb is their reward. The Scriptures tells us that our children are a blessing and we need to treat it as such. I know I've raised two. I've got 
the grandchildren. I understand there's times when you need to bring correction. I understand all of that. But the bottom line is, it's my responsibility uh, to lead them to the Lord Jesus Christ. Notice here that the children that were brought, Jesus didn't save them. Jesus just prayed over them. He just prayed over them. Understand when we do baby dedications here, we're not christening and we're not uh, doing infant baptisms or anything like that, but we're praying over that child. But ma the, the major responsibility and the words that are spoken on that particular day are to the parents. We live in a society, I made mention in Sunday school class this morning, we now live in a society, and I, I saw this statistic and, and it, uh, it, it just floored me. There's anywhere from two to four million children, two to four million children a year abused or battered. Folks, we got a problem. We can go ahead and blame all we want to, but it comes back on us. We have a responsibility to evangelize our children. So we understand that Deuteronomy chapter 6, Deuteronomy chapter 6 helps us and introduces this uh, to us. But we also see in Ephesians chapter 6, number 4, that we are responsible to evangelize. We're responsible to leading our children to the Lord Jesus Christ. I've already made mention of that the, the church, the role of the church is to support you in that. Mom and Daddy, it's your responsibility for you to lead your child to Christ. Now, we're here to help you. We're always grateful to do that. But I'm telling you, it thrills me when we see a child and they say, oh, where'd you get saved at? Got saved at home. Yeah. It thrills me when I hear a child say, oh, where'd they got saved? Got saved on the way to school. Mama was talking to me. Daddy been talking to me. So, but say, wait, 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 brother. You've already said, you've already said that many of our children do not have that type of support. And you're exactly right. That's the reason why every one of us as adults need to understand we have a responsibility to those children that do not have the blessings that our other children have. Jesus says, don't you dare turn them away. But then we see in Ephesians chapter 6 verse number 4 that uh, the word nurture. The word actually means the whole training and education of. So the Bible tells us that we are to nurture, we are to train our children. See, it's a wonderful thing, is it not, that uh, our, many of our children grow up in a godly home. But many of our children do not have that privilege. But here's what I found out. That many, and, and I'm not ripping into anybody, I'm not upset. I'm burdened though. Many of those children who come out of un, what we would say an unprivileged or whatever word you want to use, when they come to know Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior, they get it. They get it. Because you see, they understood what it was to be in a home that they didn't get love. They understood what it meant that 
a grandparent didn't come and love on them a little bit. And they, didn't, they didn't have a daddy that would take them fishing or take them to a sporting event or uh, help them to, uh, to teach them. They didn't have a mom that uh, stayed with them. Mom was always out there. And so when they come to know that there's someone who truly loves them in spite of where they come from, they get it. So we need to understand that's our responsibility. But then he goes and he says, there's something about redemption. See, we understand that Psalms 58.3 says it this way. Our children need to get saved. Okay? Now, sometimes we take a hit because we believe in evangelizing children. We believe that a child, when he comes to the age of accountability, that they ought to have an opportunity to trust the Lord Jesus Christ. We do not make any apologies for that, by the way. Because Jesus, Jesus says, don't turn them away. But then we also see in Psalms 58.3, now, I, I, I'm a kid about your little angels, but I know, I know, I know. It's hard for me to, to grasp this sometimes. But we do understand that our children, even though they can be adorable and they know how to turn the smiles on and when we see them, you know, when they dress up and, and all that and when they say sweet things, and it's just kind of hard to think they're sinners, but they are. The Bible says they are. In Psalms, uh, the 58th Psalm, verse number 3, it says that, that they, uh, he even goes a little further and says they're wicked from the womb. It says that they come out speaking lies. By nature, they're sinners. So uh, sinners need to get saved. And so in Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 3, uh, it talks about uh, that talks about the nature. Our nature as a child, we were children of wrath. Now, so what do we need to understand here? We need to understand uh, that we need to give our children every opportunity they have to come to know Jesus Christ. I want you to know in camp, we had fun. We did the gummy bear dance and all that kind of stuff. We did the chicken. Uh, you know, we did all kinds of silly little things. But I'm letting you know uh, that they also heard the Word of God every day. That morning that we'd have a worship service, we worshiped. Now, they might not worship the way you worship. They didn't uh, have the songs that you might have liked, uh, but uh, it was some pretty good stuff. Uh, and I kind of got with it at times, and, uh, and we had a word from God. We had some good preaching there on the, every morning. But Brother BJ, every night, he was our camp pastor. He came and he nailed it, man. I mean, he told those children how to be saved and what it meant to be saved. He was very clear in his invitation. And we gave an invitation every night. And many boys and girls came to know Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. Now, some people are going to say, well, they just didn't know what they were doing. Well, let me ask you this question. Do you, did you know what you were doing? Did you have it all together before you came to know Jesus Christ? I'm telling you, we need to get away from that, that children cannot come to know Jesus. 
I'm telling you, they can come to know Jesus. And matter of fact, Jesus uses them as an illustration. He says, if you're going to be a part of the kingdom, you've got to come like a child. Wow. This is Jesus speaking here. And if Jesus is using them illustration, you want to know how to get saved? You look at a little child. There's this thing of age of accountability. Some don't like that word. Some like to call it an age of decision. Whatever term you want to use, there's always some weird ideals on what that is. Some think it's the age of 12. I met someone, uh, and they, they say, well, I think it's a, a, I don't think a kid knows until they're like the age of 12. I said, where'd you pick the age of 12? Well, isn't that the, how old Jesus was when he went to the temple? I said, what's that have to do with anything? I'm telling you, I met some six and seven, eight-year-olds that know, that know more than a 40 or 50-year-old adult because they came the way Jesus said you needed to come. They're innocent. They, they just are trusting. One of the things I, I found out is that they also understand about dependence. You know, they understand mom and daddy, that they have to rely on mom and daddy some. Well, during camp, Brother Adam, Brother uh, Kevin were in the cabin with me. We had 12 boys. And uh, it was constantly, Brother Mike, can you help me? Brother Mike, can you, we do, Brother Mike, can you, we do this. I mean, they, they understood that without me or another adult, they couldn't do certain things. See, they couldn't go down uh, and fish. <laughs> now, that first morning, uh, they, they, the, the night we were getting settled down, they said, Brother Mike, can you wake me up? Can you wake me up when you get up? I said, well, yeah. I said, now, I get up a little uh, bit early. Oh, that's okay. That's okay. I said, well, it's 5.30. Does that sound pretty good? Oh, yeah. You just wake me up. Well, 5.30 rolls around. I'm getting out of bed. And half the cabin's already gone. And they're waiting outside on the little porch there. Fishing rods. I mean, they're ready. I, you know. And they said, can you take us down to the lake? Because they couldn't go down there unless there was an adult with them. Brother Kevin took some as well and, and Adam. And so uh, what I'm trying to tell you is they understand about dependence. They understand that you've got to depend on people for some things. But see, that relates that they come to realize, and sometimes we miss this, adults, that when we come to Jesus, we have to come dependent upon Him fully. Fully. Because we understand we can't do this thing by ourselves. We've come to understand that I can't get saved on my own merits. I can't get saved on how good I do or, or what I do. It's not of works lest any man should boast. And so here the little children are coming and they realize that they need to get saved. In 2 Timothy uh, chapter 3, verse number 15, the Bible says this, and we've already alluded to it. It says that a child will know, that are, uh, uh, as a child, they knew the scriptures and the scriptures made them wise unto salvation. Notice the term, it says a child. If 
you have problems with children getting saved, then you might have a problem with what the Lord has said. Because Jesus, and more than one time, used a child as an illustration on how to come to know Him. To have a personal relationship with Him. See, this invitation uh, is to children, and sometimes we say things like, well, you got to keep it simple. Well, the last time I checked, the gospel is pretty simple. See, what happens is we as adults, we like to complicate things up. It can't be that easy. You mean I just do this and uh, I got to do that? That just seems, I think I need to add something on to that. And that's the reason why we like to throw works in. We think that if we go ahead and jump through enough hoops uh, that that's going to kind of solidify our faith. The Bible says that you come as a little child. You just trust them. I love it. I love it with my grand. Children come running to me saying, Papa, Papa. When we got home, Elijah goes to uh, school there in Mount Julia, a little uh, daycare. And uh, he took the day off from school Friday because he wanted to come see his Papa. He hadn't seen Papa all week and he wanted to come see Papa. So I'm out there in the parking lot and I'm doing something. Next thing I know, bam. I look down, there's Elijah. He's just hanging on. And, and then here comes Rebecca, and she's got Ezekiel. And she's got uh, uh, Ezra. And they're going, Papa, Papa, Papa. And I'm thinking, man, this is good. This is, you know, I, 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 didn't, I didn't think anything about uh, the negative stuff that I might have had to endure at camp, you know, about getting up at 530 in the morning, going down to the lake and watching them fish. Actually, they didn't fish much because their lines were always tangled up and they spent most of their time untangling them. But anyway, but I I love that. And I thought about this. It it, it just hit me just like that. That's exactly how we need to come to Jesus. Now, why do they come into Papa? Because Papa takes care of them. They also knew that Papa was probably hungry and was going to go to lunch. and (laughs) They wanted a meal out of this deal. You know what? I didn't care. I just wanted to be my grandkids. I hadn't seen in a week. They just wanted to be with their papa. By the way, isn't that the way we ought to be treating our heavenly father? I, I just come running to him saying, Daddy, 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 Daddy. I miss you, Daddy. I, oh, Daddy, I love you. Because we know he provides all of our needs. Isn't that good? And so here we see that Jesus says, don't forbid the children because you've got to be like a child to come to be in the kingdom. But also, they come humbly. I'm telling you. And I'm not going to make, mention any names, but I'm sitting in the back in our worship service. I'm sitting in the back, all the kids up towards the front. B.J. gave an invitation, and he would tell them. They bowed their heads. No one's looking around. And he says, uh, and gave them an invitation. If you think you need to trust the Lord Jesus Christ, you need to get saved tonight. You just need to stand up, and you need to walk back to the back, find your counselor that you've come with, and you need to talk to them. So the heads are bowed. And, but there was times that we're making our way to the cabins in the night, that we had some to realize they needed Jesus. 
So the next day, I find out that uh, a couple had gotten saved, and I, man, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about that. And I saw them over there. Somebody went over and said, hey, you know, go let Brother Mike know what you've done. And the little girls came, tears. Yeah. I got teary-eyed. And then I said, what? What's going on, girls? And through the tears and the sobbing, they said, we got saved. Amen. Amen. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I had a revival. I'm thinking, thank you, Jesus, that I was able to come and see this. So I'm, I'm, I'm getting teary-eyed thinking about it because I also was talking to one of our young men and uh, someone in his family got saved and word got back. He said, hey, did you hear about my uh, cousin getting uh, saved? And I said, no, right there. And he says, oh, I knew something was up. He says, I saw them over there during the invitation. They were crying and, you know, and all that. And I said, yeah. And he says, I knew what was happening, Brother Mike. I knew what was happening. And he says, I started crying too. We're talking about children here. And I say, well, they get emotional. Well, that ought to be something emotional to get, uh, to get emotional about. They just got saved. They came to realize in, in, their, in their little minds and their little tender hearts that they needed a Savior and they needed to be saved. And they gave their heart. And the best way they knew how, they came humbly. They didn't come boasting and bragging. They came humbly. And the Bible says that's exactly how you have to come too. I'm telling you, we as adults have gotten kind of crusty. We've gotten a little dry. We don't get excited like we used to because we're a little bit beyond that now. I like to be a little more dignified in things. I think you ought to be this. I'm telling you, just need to get a good dose is what you need. And understand that Jesus, when he saves, it doesn't matter if it's a six-year-old or a seven-year-old or it's a 70-year-old. All of us ought to get stirred up a little bit because we realize that somebody is missing hell and going to heaven. And we've lost sight of that. This is not in my notes. We've lost sight of that. We got children there in homes that dogs wouldn't live in. We got children where there's no daddy figure in. Well, it's not my responsibility. According to the scriptures, it is. We have a responsibility to teach these children, to evangelize these children, to get dirty with these children, to invest in these children, because if we don't do it, who will? We ought to get excited when we see children instead of saying, well, I just don't think they know what they were doing. What is wrong with us? Now, I know there's times when, you know, they, they come and, and, and they get a little more. And I understand. But you know what? We've had some adults do the same thing. We don't, get, we don't say things like that. We, I've never heard someone say, when an adult comes down, I don't know, think they know what they're doing. Well, sometimes they don't know what they're doing. But when it's a child, that's when we get all stirred up. We need to be very careful on what we're trying to do. What we're trying to do is play Holy Spirit here. What we're trying to do is play God here. 
And Jesus doesn't need any of our help. And the invitation that he gives is an invitation that he gives to the children as well as to adults. Same invitation. Your child, my children, they got saved the same way that we got saved. Jesus says they got to come like little children. And what has happened to us is that we don't get the thrill anymore. We really don't. We don't get too worked up about it. Now, I have no idea of what, I mean, we got, it's going to work in Awana this year. Doesn't matter. We're going to do Awana. Because we got some kids that are dependent upon it. We got some kids that the only time they hear Jesus in the right way is here. We got some kids that don't understand anything about love. They might not like our rules. They might like the way we do things. But they keep coming back. Why? Because they know somebody loves them here. And we need to understand that it's every one of our responsibility in some form or fashion to reach these kids. Because our goal is not to just reach the child, it's to reach mom and daddy and the other in the household. That means that we're going to have to get busy. I saw this in Sunday school class, but we now have, it's now close to 60% of all marriages are winding up in divorce. We're also seeing that over half of our households, there has, mom is a working mom, has to work outside the household. We are also understanding that, and I gave that statistics a little bit later about the battered and bruised children. We also see that if you have to have children's services involved, there's now a waiting list because they have so many cases. We are seeing that Satan is doing everything he can to destroy the family. And he's doing a pretty good job. It's been said that so goes the house, so goes our nation. The reason why our nation's in the trouble that it's in is because our homes and families are under attack. Now, before you get all hot and ticked off, hear the rest of the story. Hillary, see already some of you know. Hillary uh, made this statement, it takes a village. Y'all remember when she said that? I got so ticked off at that. Probably because it was coming from her, but, uh, but then I started thinking, wait a minute, wait a minute. Jesus says, don't turn the children away. Bring them to me. And I'm starting to realize, yes, the primary responsibility is to the parents. But what about the children that do not have the parents? Whose responsibility does it become now? Ours. 
doesn't take a village, but it does take a church. And church, may I remind you, we within a five-mile radius of this church have enough children that we could bust the doors wide open if we just could bring all of them in that are neglected, they're abused. Many of them's parents or both parents are incarcerated. They have seen things that you would not imagine. Not only on video or TV, but in real life. They live in fear. Many don't want to go home because they know what's waiting for them. I don't care how many social programs you put into place. That's not the answer. The answer is that we hear the words of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Do not forbid them to come to me. Say, well, this is pretty much a children's message. No. It's a message for every one of us. If we're going to change this community, we got to get to the children. And I've learned this firsthand. I'm grateful that God opened my eyes and He allowed me to see how important, how imperative it is for us to get to work. Because we have those that God has put at our doorsteps. And because of what our little deals are going on and what our feelings are and all that other, that we've lost sight of why we're here. And that's to reach sinners with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Children and adults. Young people as well. In two weeks, our children will be going back to school. Many of them can't wait to get back to school because they know at least now they'll get a meal every day. Church, we need to wake up. We need to get up. And we need to do what God has commanded us to do to reach this community with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And not only to evangelize them, but to encourage them and to build them up. We haven't done a very good job of that lately. We really haven't. We've been more concerned about tearing people down instead of building them up. God help us.